There's a magazine that was popular uh, for Christians back in the um, 70s and 80s called the Wittenberg Doors. Anybody remember the Wittenberg Door? It was a satirical magazine, and it was kind of a poke fun at ourselves kind of a thing. And uh, Megan and I actually subscribed back then, and I, we actually had lugged around the country. Thank you. You helped move them here about six years ago, a box of uh, Wittenberg Doors. And I was going through them uh, just a couple weeks ago, and I came across one of my favorite issues. It was the missions issue. This is from March and February of 1987. And you probably can't see too well there, but the cover's interesting. It's actually uh, who, those who we would uh, assume to be savages to whom we would send missionaries in old days, but they're actually showing, it's a slideshow. Some of you remember carousel slide projectors that uh, predate uh, media projectors like this. And they're showing pictures of street thugs in America. And the table over the side says missions conference, and then there's some artifacts that come from America. It says transportation, there's a skateboard, and then weapons, there's some, uh, uh, some knives and things like that. And then the little bubble over the person at the bottom is saying, oh my goodness, as they're seeing these scary things in America. Do you get the satire, the irony, a little bit? Okay, a couple of you did. Good. Um, The point was that this cover was pointing out sort of the shift that's taking place, has taken place in missions over the last few decades. Years ago, it was just sort of those with many resources went to those with very few resources. Years ago, it was those who, who, who had a, it was sort of us going to them and bringing them uh, things that they needed. There were those of us referred to as the blessed, and then there was the, the lost. There was those of us who had all the answers going to those with all of the needs. And as we've experienced over the years, there's just been sort of a, a shift in missions that has happened. And this sort of predates it a little bit there of, of there's needs right here in our American cities uh, that may Maybe those in another land would have more compassion for than we do sometimes. Missions has shifted and changed, even on our own mission fields. Rather than missionaries going and running the mission work in other countries, now our missionaries go and support a local national church that's actually running the, the missions as well, and they come in a support role. There's been all kinds of shifts and changes in mission work over the last several years. Our theme this fall has been shift, and we've been seeing each week talking about shifts that we need to be a, a, journeying, a, a, a disciple of Jesus Christ. We're asking what shifts are needed in our perspectives uh, to help us on our way, and particularly last week and this week, we're speaking of our perspective on the world. Last week, we looked at shifting our perspective on the world, and we asked the question, where does God want me to shift from my comfortable place to go and tell others of his love? And so we, uh, uh, we were encouraged by the stories of Abraham, of Paul. We read that Paul story again from Acts this morning to make the connection. These people who left their comfortable place, and then we had the, com- the, uh, the opportunity to get up out of our seats and leave what was maybe not a terrifically comfortable place. Pews aren't the most comfortable, but it was symbolic. Of, of going and, and, and making a connection with these five areas that you still see around the room. We left them up today. The Congo, all the nursing care here in Naperville, wherever you work or go to school, Wyman in North Lawndale and then Nicaragua, representing to us real places where we can go and, and tell and, and make a difference. It was fun to go around and read your sticky notes and the different commitments that you've made. Sometimes it's just your name saying, I'm going to do this. I love looking at the Wyman one and seeing people said, I'm going to make better connections when our friends from Wyman come on December 13th. I want to build some deeper relationships. So it's really fun to look at these and see the things that are happening. Today we're looking at shifting our perspective on the world by broadening our perspective in a sense. First of all, by being better informed about what's going on in and through our church in terms of world mission, and then by being more committed to praying intentionally. So we're going to shift our perspective a little bit to be better informed and then to be more committed to praying intentionally. To be better informed, we present to you Dun, da, da, da. The 2015 missions update. This is cool. You like this? If you looked at it, it's in your bulletin. Um, 
And uh, this has been t- taking a while to put together our missions team. Th- many thanks to Roy Horry and Michelle Crawford and their team who did a lot of the, the work and gathering information and editing that. Many thanks to Sarah Buki, who is uh, not only our uh, outreach ministry director here in the church, but she also works for Covenant World Mission, so she was able to help us with some of the photos and some of the editing. Thanks to Jody Slager, our graphic artist, and to Pat Mueller for printing and assembling it this week. Um, what, what's in here are, are the areas mainly that we support financially in and through our church budget in terms of our mission giving. And it's the places where we are building relationships beyond just that financial support. But the financial support is what's represented in here. There's, a, there's the global areas of Covenant Kids Chicago and especially Covenant World Mission, uh, the regional areas of Wyman, and then the local of Bridge, Alden, Lowe's, and Fishes. And then there's a fourth category, though, uh, that I'd like to, and it's in the back of the, it's on the very inside of the back page. I'd like to take you to the back page first. We're going to work our ways forward. And this is a category that we call Naperville Covenant Missions Connections. These are people who are members of our church or uh, uh, have some sort of a, um, um, uh, roots here in our church, and, and, and we support them. So you'll see there Luis Bolaños, uh, Megan and John Gustafson uh, Carson, and then uh, Lena Herrera. And so we're just going to get a little bit of a taste of these real quick here. We've got a little video clip from this summer's, uh, this last summer's Heart for Honduras trip, and in there you'll hear the voices of Nancy and Luis Bolaños, and you'll see uh, also Dave Peckinpah. Uh, Luis isn't able to be here today. Nancy, did I see you? Are you here? There's Nancy right there. Stand up, Nancy. Stand up, Nancy, just for a second. That's Nancy Polanyos. You'll see her in there. And uh, so listen now and learn a little bit about Hearts for Honduras. Hearts for Honduras is changing the lives of many. Number one, the missionaries that come from the United States. It's not only the village people that you work with, but the group itself. It was a great feeling of teamwork, a great feeling of accomplishment. And no matter what it was that you asked the team, they were so happy to do it. Second, the people in the villages received our support and love. The trip is nothing like I did expect. Not only the things that we did every day, but the emotions that you felt and the connections that you made were way bigger than my, I think I could have even expected, even if I tried to. Something that I learned is selflessness, compassion. It's a trip of a lifetime, and it's a memory that is irreplaceable and you can feel the love of the Lord and that's very impacting this is a life changing experience I'm going to give all that I have plus more. And what I found out was that I received so much more than I gave. All I kept saying is, bueno es Dios. God is so good. Every year it's special. And every year we think that was the best. And we don't think that we can 
I'll tap that one. But God keeps on giving us more excitement every time we come. And it's just showers and showers of blessings that we get. Also through our local connections, our... Uh, John and Megan Gustafson Carson, um, they're with Crew, Crew formerly Campus Crusade, called Crew, out at Northern Illinois working with college students. You can read a little bit about what they do. Uh, I suppose this morning what I most ought to mention is that um, uh, their, their daughter is the granddaughter of Wendell and Shirley Gustafson, so just so you know that. She's a real cute little kid. A third person that we support, we don't always get to see uh, Lena and Wilson because of their busy travels. I'm going to ask Lena to come up just for a moment. Lena Herrera is uh, a member of our church, and she is on InterVarsity staff. She has a very important role. She'll, she'll probably be humble about this, but she is the National Prayer and Spiritual Formation Specialist for, uh, for InterVarsity. I know that Lena often meets with groups when they're getting ready for the Bigger Banna Conference, and she's the one that pulls the leaders together to offer prayer support, uh, to seek discernment from God. And so we appreciate the good and incredible work that you're doing for uh, InterVarsity. Um, can we get some sound into this, Philip? Lena, just tell me quickly if there's one highlight that you can tell us about your ministry right now that you would share with the church. Right now in InterVarsity USA, there is a movement of students and faculty that one to know Jesus. This is the biggest joy that we have. It's a big highlight in our ministry that is uh, all around the world. And also to see the cabinet and leadership, national leadership in InterVarsity bow down on their knees, looking for the will of God and the transformation in our own lives to continue our ministry there. One thing that we could pray for. There are uh, at least three things that you could pray for us. One is that we are facing, as never before, many changes in InterVarsity. Uh, leaders are leaving because they are retiring. New leaders are coming. This is a change, a great change. And students are changing so fast mm. that we need to learn how to evangelize them how to engage them with the Bible, with the scriptures, how they can get and be transformed transformed by Jesus Christ in a different way. So we are committed to do so. And we need partners in the ministry. I am so grateful that the church has been supporting my ministry since I was living here in Naperville. But we really need more uh, support uh, as my ministry is... Um, like expanding to Latin America now in these days. Okay, great. Will you join me as we pray for uh, Lena and her ministry? We're so grateful for the ways you've called uh, Lena into ministry and the gifts you've given her for for prayer, for encouragement, and spiritual discernment. We pray with her now, Lord, that you would... uh, lead InterVarsity through the changes they need to make in terms of staffing, that you would rise up the, the, the young leaders that are needed to advance the mission and cause. We pray for wisdom and discernment to know how to minister to a new, a new kind of student in a new age with a shifting culture around us, Lord God. We know that the gospel never changes, but the ways in which it's delivered and understood sometimes has to change. And so we pray for our friends within InterVarsity that they would do that as well. And we pray that you would provide all the resources that Lena and those with whom she works, that you would supply them as well. Bless her, Lord. Keep her safe as she travels. We thank you for the privilege of partnering with her, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Thank you, Okay, now we move to our, our local mission partners. Um, 
Alden, we talked about last week. We've had a great shout-out for Alden last week. Wow, when Dave Sladke asked people to stand that had been there, it was like half the room, wasn't it, David? It was great. So just remember, Alden is always there a few blocks away. You can go any Sunday morning with our team that goes. We love the connection we have there. Lows and Fishes, we don't talk much about them, but we do have a ministry there. There's uh, some food pantry shelves out in our lobby where uh, people bring things. There's a list of things you can bring there. Sid Scott has been our contact and volunteer there. But, of course, our main focus has been uh, Bridge Communities. Uh, And this just happens to be one of our biggest weekends of connection with Bridge through the Sleep Out uh, Saturday event. And so we've got a little video uh, to run on that right now, too. I'll let it speak for itself. You'll see one real star of this happens to be our own Pastor Diana. So look for her as she comes around, too. So let's watch that. Some usual day, everything seems okay. Lights in the mirror are perfect for work. Your headphones are like a shield to the silence. But what would be if you were taking a look? Suddenly one day he decided that, you know, he just wanted to go take us to India. He took my everything, like my passports and my stuff, my kids and everything, and left me with nothing in, at the airport. So that was, that was my life. I was not confident. I don't know what's going on. Then I came to know that he sold the house here. I came to know that he transferred all the money from here to there. So I was like penniless. There was nothing, you know, left. Every evening you're watching TV. There's another misery Only pictures and numbers you see But you don't mind I was working 22 hours a day for two years. I work in Walgreens, I work in Subway, I work in Macy's, I work in Kohl's, I work in JCPenney. Whenever, I work in a like, library, Hanover Park Library. Whenever I get a chance and they give me whatever job, I just took it. Whatever time, I just took it. And then I, I got a car and then I put all my stuff. My whole house was in the car, like my clothes, my food and everything. Because I always imagined it was just one person being homeless of a family, but I wasn't really aware that whole families were homeless and they were living in cars and it was there's people my age and younger than me who are growing up and they're growing up homeless. I think the other thing that our kids learned was this is not a Republican problem, a Democratic problem, a Christian problem. This is a human problem. And if we are Christians, part of what that means is to do things out of love for people that you might not even know. And so this gives us an opportunity to do something and change something. And that was powerful. I would miss it. What I really like about Sleep Out Saturday is that it um, challenges my students to think differently, um, but they love to do it. And so this year we had our highest number of students involved. It's now one of our favorite events to do. I think it's an effective event because this generation want to make a difference in the world, and so it's something they enjoy because they feel like they are making an impact on the world. If you're a youth leader and you um, want to be a part of Sleep Out or you're not sure if you want to be a part of Sleep Out, I would say um, challenge yourself. 
but to really think about it as a challenge that is extended through you to the students. You're calling them to a higher call. You're not you're not just doing another lock-in or in this case a lock-out. You're you're challenging them to to step into the role of of I am going to make a difference tonight when I sleep out. I just was on a little pad and I had a sleeping bag that I wrapped myself in and then I had this big green tarp that I kind of rolled up in and uh, that was it. About every hour I was learning three or four things that now I look back on them and they seem like common sense but uh, you don't realize it till you experience it because not one of the hundred people had anything bad to say. Every single one of them said, wow, that was hard, inconvenient, and I'm so glad I did it. It changed my life. The fundraising is definitely a very significant aspect of the Sleep Out Saturday experience. Being able to go out and spread the word of Sleep Out Saturday and then also to raise funds for it, it gives bridge communities the, um, the, the ability to help serve the homeless community and make a difference in their life. Without the funds, it would be an awareness event, which is obviously important, but to actually enable bridge communities to help those that are homeless, we need to raise funds for that. Bridge gave me that confidence that, you know, how to survive. They gave me that education. I don't know how to, how to express Bridge because of, like I said, because of Bridge, whatever I am, I am 100% because of Bridge. This is today, we don't look away from the wings of humanity today. Cause this life, 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 life is too short to waste a chance. There, and again, thank you to all of you who slept out and, um, I have decided, I'm making a promise right here, next year, I'm sleeping out. You heard it right here, okay? Got it. Okay, so uh, you can hold me to that. As we shift to our, our um, regional mission partners, um, we include in the booklet, you'll see that we include our covenant camps there because they're part of our central conference region. We do uh, send kids, of course, but we also, through our budget, has send some support towards Covenant Point and Covenant Harbor. And then, of course, Wyman is uh, our, our main regional contact. Several of it, there's 10 of us that were at their fundraising banquet just Friday night, and uh, we had a wonderful time there, and uh, it was great to see the support that there is for Wyman and learn more about what they're doing. They're celebrating 20 years of, of working in and through the lives of young men in uh, North Lawndale. They brought up different churches who had partnered with them in all kinds of different ways, and then we were surprised that uh, Diana and I got called up too, and Naperville Covenant was honored, and we were, each, each church was honored with a, uh, an original Timothy Botts uh, drawing, and this is ours here. Uh, it says, um, uh, my prayer for all 
who will ever believe in me that they will be one, which is great because our theme verse last Christmas when Wyman was with us was uh, from Psalm 133, uh, how good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in unity. And so it really reinforced our relationship with them. You might want to come and take a look at that. Remember, we're partnering with them again for our Christmas celebration on the 13th of December and potentially partnering with them in, in dual mission trips next summer. We'll keep you posted on that as well. And then finally, we just want to look for a few minutes at our global mission partners. Obviously, Covenant Kids Congo, we make a a big focus on that. Technically, Covenant Kids Congo is not in our church budget. We don't give anything to Covenant Kids Congo through our budget. But over 80 children are sponsored in and through connections in this church. At $40 a month, that's over $40,000 a year. So I'd say it's a pretty key focus of our church, Uh, not in the budget, very much a commitment of our people. But today, in terms of shifting our perspective by being better informed, I just want to take a little bit closer look at the 10 mission partners that we have serving with Covenant World Mission. And those are the ones that are in your your booklet. We're going to look at them briefly, spend some time in prayer for them, uh, and then we will be done for the day. I want to kind of work our way through these 10 with just a little bit of information. You could read more about them here. But uh, the first couple that we support is Jared and Hannah Baker. And they are new to us. They haven't had a chance to visit Naperville Covenant yet. But I'm really hoping that we will be able to build a long and fruitful relationship with, with Jared and Hannah. It's ex- they're an excited, exciting young couple. Uh, they did some of their training in short term in Belgium with Barbara Swanson. But now they're going to be settled in Marseille, France, in the south of France. Jared will be serving a French evangelical church there on their staff. Uh, and Hannah especially is working with immigrant people and particularly with trafficked women. So they have a real heart for the people of France and the immigrant community coming into France. The second one is Kathy Campobello. She's in Colombia. Uh, Kathy was just with us last fall. She was here. She was here on a Wednesday evening and kind of got us up to date on what's going on in her work in uh, uh, Colombia. She does all kinds of things. Uh, she especially has some significant ministry with, with, women's, with, with women survivors of abuse. Some of you were here a few weeks ago when Megan preached about domestic violence and talked about Ava advocates uh, for victims of abuse. Uh, Kathy helps that happen down in, uh, in Colombia and Medellin. Uh, she also coordinates uh, work trips that come to Colombia with from the covenant, and she's also with a group of people that works on church unity in Medellin, Colombia. The third person is Cheryl uh, Anderson-Clark. She is in Guayaquil, Ecuador. She's been there for a long time. Uh, her husband, she and her husband Moises uh, uh, co-pastor the church, the 25th Street Covenant Church in Guayaquil, uh, better known as La 25. And uh, she also is very much involved in uh, supporting the National Ecuadorian Church. It's all national leaders, but Cheryl, Cheryl works in ways that uh, support them, working with the seminary as well. Uh, the interesting note is the, this is the only uh, Covenant mission field that I personally visited twice. I've been uh, with Cheryl and Moises and Waikil a couple times on on work trips. Uh, They are dear friends. Fourthly is Peter and Ruthie Dutton. They're in Thailand. Actually, don't put this in print. Don't put it on the web, but they're actually in Laos. Okay? You can't be a missionary in Laos. They're missionaries in Thailand. They do development work in Laos. Get me here? Okay. Actually, Peter and Ruthie are really pioneers in a lot of development work. Our Thai, Thai mission field and then spreading into Laos has been very significant in, in doing ways to in, improve the life of people there, opening up doors uh, for the gospel. Uh, they stay in good touch with us. We just got an email from them actually just this week. I can forward it to you if you're interested. Uh, and uh, the Duttons were with us just uh, a few years ago in, in here on a Sunday morning. 
Number five is Don and Lillian Dwight. They're in Taiwan. They're really a veteran couple. In fact, Don grew up in Taiwan. His parents were uh, veteran missionaries in, in uh, Taiwan. His mother uh, just passed away uh, just this year. Uh, but Don and Lillian have worked for years in Taiwan. They mainly work in education, but an exciting development has happened in, in Taiwan in recent years where there's huge numbers of Filipino immigrants who've come to Taiwan to, to get work. And so they've developed ministry outreach to Filipinos in Taiwan, and then they've actually sent Taiwanese missionaries to the Philippines. Isn't that cool? So uh, Don and Lillian have been part of helping that happen. We just nailed it down this week. They're actually going to be here on Sunday, January 31st. Don and Lillian will be with us and catch us up on what's going on there. Number six is Julio and Katie Isaza. They're from Colombia. Who, who was here in August when they were here? They were here on a Sunday in August. Yeah, it was a wonderful connection, and a lot of you got to know Julio and Katie. They are, uh, uh, they are new missionaries. They were short-term. Now they are long-term missionaries. Julio himself is a native of Colombia, came to the States, went to North Park Seminary, uh, met Katie here. She's from southern Minnesota. Uh, they have a wonderful partnership and ministry uh, working in Colombia. Uh, they are a fun couple. They have cute little kids. Uh, there's so many things that... Uh, uh, that they're doing to support the National Church in Columbia. I'm excited for our partnership with Julio and Katie, and I'm hoping this will also be, as with the bakers who are young, this will be a long and a, a fruitful and a meaningful relationship for our church. I think a few of us need to get down to Columbia and meet them and be at their work part there, uh, what they're doing down there. Tim and Andrea Johnson are in Japan. Andrea was here about a year ago. We met at the Tang's home together. And Tim was just here a few weeks ago, October uh, 14th. Tim was here with our children and youth on a Wednesday night. We really had fun. We had a great time with Tim. He led some games. He helped kids know more, a little bit more about uh, Japan. Uh, Japan is a very slow and a difficult mission field, but this couple has been so faithful to the work there of supporting and encouraging the Japanese Christians that are there. Uh, Tim and Andrew are good friends of Naperville Covenant. Some of our own people have been there. Diane Kualiana has visited them in Japan along with the Rockwells. And so we have a great relationship with, with Tim and Andrea. Number eight are Carl and Sue Peterson. They're in Mexico. They are involved in a lot of different discipleship and leader development work. Uh, Carl visited us here in 2011, and uh, that was a time when they were raising money. I think we helped them buy a, a, a vehicle for their work there. And actually, I had a long chat with their son, Zach, at Chick this summer and caught up with him on what the, how the Petersons are doing in Mexico. Number nine are Eugenio and Pia Restrepo. They are the regional coordinators for Latin America for the Covenant Church. They're originally from Colombia, but they actually spent a lot of time in Chicago, and we need to get them out here to Naperville Covenant so they can let you know what they're doing. And number 10 is Barb Boca Swanson. She's been with us a few times. She's part of the Mosaics Project, which also Hannah Baker is. Mosaics Project in Western Europe is working extensively with immigrants, which, of course, that issue has just become much bigger recently. Uh, there's been a lot of immigrants in Europe, but it has just bumped up. And so uh, Barbara has all kinds of challenges working with immigrant uh, community, refugees, and asylum seekers, uh, many of whom are, have Muslim roots, and she's finding amazing open doors of ministry there as well. We also just got an email. She's very good about keeping in touch. Got an email update from her as well. So that's a quick overview. You can read and learn more about that. But the point here this morning is we... Uh, is to be better informed, to know what's going on. Uh, you know, pray for the missionaries. Well, pray, pray what? Well, learn what they're doing and learn the places they're connecting. Look at the places where the doors need to be open. Because secondly, what we want to look at now as we finish is being more committed to praying intentionally, more committed to praying intentionally. Our second scripture reading this morning was Colossians 2, 2 to 4. And this is Paul about 12 to 14 years after getting sent off in, that cha- in, in Acts 13 where they're sent off on their first missionary journey. This is about 14 years later when he's gone on four missionary trips and now has landed in prison in Rome and yet is still praying for and still praying for open doors. 
He's in prison, but he's still ministering. He's still reminding us of our need for knowledgeable prayer support. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. Pray for us, too, that God will open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in change. It's a, what a mystery of Christ is his, his, his answer, really, of, of what he says about the gospel of Christ, a mystery that's now made known of salvation in Christ. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So we're going to conclude this morning by praying for missionaries, being better informed. We're shifting our perspective by knowing a little bit better who they are and what they're doing. Right in the middle of the book, right where the, the staple is, I, I have some, there's some things on the, about how to pray for missionaries, how to pray for missionary children. And you might want to open up to that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you in ten groups. Some of you just got scared when I said that. Your, your choice in this group is to stay right there by yourself and pray silently, okay, for those that just got scared. For those who go, ooh, I love to pray with people, then you get to do that too. So I'm going to assign missionaries to you, okay, and I'm going to just kind of point out there's two sections, three, three, and two. So we're going to get ten missionaries. We're going to spend a few minutes praying for these people, and then the worship band's going to lead us in a wonderful song about prayer. So, okay, so right over here, uh, up, through, um, up through where Blair is there, and surely you guys in this front section are going to pray for Jared and Hannah Baker, okay? And behind them, from Rich and Susan Lark back there, you guys are going to pray for Kathy Campabello. Okay, got it? Got your book? Okay, get started. Right here in the front, uh, up through uh, just the four of you here in the front three, front couple rows, you guys are going to pray for uh, Cheryl and Moises Clark, okay? And Larry and Diane through about uh, Tom and, and Michelle there, that row, you guys are going to pray for uh, the, the, the Duttons in Thailand. Wow, it's Thailand, okay? And then behind there, from Doug Mueller on back, you guys back there, you're going to pray for the Dwights, for Don and Lillian Dwight. Okay, right up here, uh, the first couple rows... You guys are going to pray for um, the Sazas in Colombia, okay? And then from Bob back through about where Lisa and Mark are, that row, and Jean and, and, and Mike, you guys are going to pray for uh, the Johnson, for Tim and Andrea Johnson. And back back couple rows, you're going to pray for, uh, for Carl and um, Sue Peterson. Up here, up through Diane, the row with Diana, you few, few right here, and, and, and Chris, you guys are going to pray for the Restrepos. And then behind there, you guys are going to pray for Barb Swanson and her husband, Steve. Does that make sense? So pray. If you want to grab, grab somebody and pray out loud, you can do that. If you want to pray by yourself, you can do that. But let's just spend a few moments as we pray for these friends. Thank you, Lord, for how you have grown that heart in recent years as we've made deeper connections around the world and in our community. Lord, we want to shift towards being better informed about what's going on in and through the missions that we support. We want to shift our attention, Lord, to being better informed and, Lord, to being more faithful as we pray for these friends whose work we essentially are a part of. And I say thank you, Lord. These prayers that have been offered now, we lift to you. We lift before your throne and pray your encouragement and blessing. Hear our prayer, Lord, we ask in your name. Amen.